Our gospel this morning comes from Matthew 25. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another, two talents, and to another, one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also, the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he will... What he has will be taken from him, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thank you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone. How does it make you feel when someone tells you, well done? My guess is that somewhere many times probably in your life, you've been encouraged with those words. Someone who cared about you looked at what you have done or what you are doing and who you are and it said, told you, well done. I tell you, I, I needed to hear those words. Uh, I've needed it many times, but our family moved from Illinois to Wisconsin going right before my senior year in high school. That's a tough time to move. And uh, it, it, was, it, it was difficult at first. But I remember one of the teachers, I still remember his name, Mr. Berlinski, who came and put his hand on my shoulder and said, you know, Luther, you're doing okay. Well done. You're going to be just fine here. And I thank God for you. And you know, that kind of changed my whole year. And that changed my attitude. And my guess is there's been people in your life that have told you the same kind of thing and that have lifted you up. Well, we are so grateful today for God's word and the parable that, that you just heard. For in that parable, it talks about a master, uh, a wealthy owner, landowner, uh, and he went away on an extended trip, and he leaves in uh, his absence the care of his 
his resources, of his money. And it said that he gave one of the servants uh, uh, five talents. And what is a talent? Uh, we think of, of abilities or, or natural things that we're good at. A talent uh, at this time in history uh, was a sum of money. And it usually was related to the weight of a coin. And if the coin was gold, a talent was worth, one, one commentator said, about 15 years of an average person's wage. That's a lot of money. And so to one he gave five, to one two, one one. And two of the servants took that which was given to them and they put it to work, it says. They invested it. And when the master came back, he was so grateful. And we can just imagine with a big smile on his face, he looked at them and said, well done, good and faithful servant. He said, come, come on in and enjoy my happiness. Let's celebrate. Well, today, folks, we want to celebrate. We want to celebrate the gifts that God has first given to us, and then how we too have used what God has given to us to invest in His kingdom purposes. There's a couple of points that I want to, want to bring out. First of all, when it comes to the things that were in, given to those servants, that which was given to them did not become their own. In fact, it says very clearly in verse 14 that he called his servants together and entrusted to them his property. So there was no doubt in the minds of the three servants that the property, that the money was given to them and was not their own. It was given to them, but the owner was the master. That they were simply stewards or caretakers or managers of that which was given to them. Now, we can make a jump here, and we can talk about that which we've been given, the things that you have. And while we talk about my house, and I talk about my family, and my job, and my retirement, and we can just go on and on and on, the fact is, everything that we have belongs to the Lord. I've always enjoyed what Psalm 24, verse 1 says. It says, the earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, everything. Everything that you have is the Lord's, and He's simply given it to you then to take care of. Or as the Lord says in the, through the prophet Haggai, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. And that puts a different attitude on the way that we manage things, because it's not our own. It's God's, and we are simply taking care of it. The second point that we see in the parable that I believe relates to us is that the master gives servants, his servants, different amounts. Our gifts, like the servants, are always different. In the, in the parable, in verse 15, it says that he gave each according to his own ability. And that's why he gave one five, one two, one one, because he knew what their ability would be. And so he blessed them differently. Do you believe that God has your best interests at hand and in mind? Philippians 4 verse 19 has always been a special passage where the Apostle Paul says, and my God will supply all your wants, everything you've ever desired, according to his glorious riches in Christ. Is that what it says? What's the word that is used there? My God will supply all your needs. Do you believe that? That God will take care of what you need? That's a matter of faith, isn't it? But when you believe that God has your best interest at heart and that 
as his child, redeemed by the shed blood of his son, Jesus Christ, you can trust him that he's going to take care and he's going to give you everything that you need. But you know what? God gives different things to different people. And we begin to doubt that, especially as we look around and we see that other people have more than us. And we start to complain and we say, God, it's not fair. How come so-and-so has this? And I don't. It starts early. But do you remember in, in high school or college when you graduated? Remember the kid that got the brand new car for graduation? How did that make you feel? I can tell you how it made me feel. I was angry. How come I wasn't born to those parents, right? You know? And we start to compare. The fact is, God gives different gifts to all of us. The Lord will take care of what we need. And so faith trusts that God will give us what we need. And so we praise Him. The third point that I want to make has to deal with the investment challenge. In verse 16, we are told that each of the two productive stewards, it says, he put his master's money to work. In other words, the servant invested what the master had first given to him. And you think about all the worthwhile things that we invest in. Think about it. We invest in our children, especially, you know, as they're growing up. You know, I don't know the latest amount, but it's, it's, it's not inexpensive to have children today. You think about the college education that we save for, that we invest. We think about the weddings that we pay for. We think about the trips that we take, the vacations. We think about the houses that we have, the cars that we drive. It's one investment after another, isn't it? All is a gift from God. But there's some investments that last longer than others, aren't there? Many of the investments that we make here on this earth are temporal. They don't last. The Bible talks about where moth and rust destroy, and we've got a lot of those kinds of investments. But there are other investments that have an eternal impact. When people take the gifts that God has given to them and use them for His eternal purposes to connect people to Jesus Christ, that's different, isn't it? It makes an eternal difference. And that's what God calls us to do, to use the gifts that God has given to us and to invest in something other than just the stuff of this world. And that's why we celebrate today, one of the reasons. You know, I am so grateful. In the last two years, God's people at Cornerstone have invested almost $5 million each year. When you add the general budget with hearts compelled to share, it's about $5 million. That is just tremendous. Thank you for those who have used the gifts that God has given you to invest in eternal purposes. That's what God calls us to do. Uh, look at what has happened as a result of the generosity of the investments that we celebrate today. Because lives are being transformed. Lives are being changed as they are connected with Jesus Christ. Uh, first of all, let's just talk about, you know, look around at this worship service. You realize that we have nine worship services now over four different venues. You can see them at work. The one on the top right is the one you may not know about, and that's the one downtown. People are hearing about Jesus. And not only are people hearing the Word, but Christ's Word of grace is also at work through the sacraments. That in, with, and under the bread and the wine, we believe in communion, that Jesus becomes part of us to forgive us and to empower us to be His people. 
And as we remember our baptism, we remember who we are, our identity in Christ, and we praise God. Already this year, we've had 71 baptisms, and we're on pace for, for at least 80 this year. God is so good. Children and students are being, are being connected to Jesus. Our preschool is growing. We had four vacation Bible schools. We think about the, the playground over at Fishers. We think about all the various ministries that are happening through our youth groups and, and, and through our, 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 our young adult programs, our confirmation programs ministry. God is at work through the investments that God has raised up through you. Some of our outreach ministries, serving, mission trips, uh, people reaching out, doing things for others in the love of Jesus. We think about the care ministries. We think about divorce care, divorce care for kids, grief share, cancer support, mops, and it just goes on and on and on how God is taking the investments of His people and using them for an eternal difference. You know, two of the servants invested wisely, but one of them didn't. Remember what he did with the, with the, with the talent that he was given? What did he do? He... He buried it. And as a result, the master says, you wicked and lazy servant. Said, kicked him out with weeping and gnashing of teeth. Friends, we don't want to bury the talents that God has given to us. We don't want to hold on to that which God has given us so tightly that we can't open our hands in generosity to invest in His kingdom purposes. So what does that mean to us as individuals? It means that, first of all, you acknowledge by God's grace that what you have is a gift. And when you understand that everything that you have is a gift from God and it really belongs to Him, it changes the way you view what you have. And you manage it well according to His will and His ways. And you use what He's given to us as individuals and as families to invest in His kingdom purposes. What does it mean for us as a church? It means to us that while God has been so good to us and He's blessed us in amazing ways, that God's got even more in store for us. Remember in the parable, remember what the master said to those who used what he had given to them to invest, to double their investment? He said, you have been faithful with a few things, now I'm going to put you in charge of many things. And I believe that's true for this church, that God has blessed us, that we've been faithful with the gospel. But God's got a lot more in store for us. We've been faithful with what He's given to us, but there's much more that we are able to do by His grace. You know the statistics. About 60% of this county does not have a relationship with the living God. They don't know Jesus as their Savior. And more than ever in history, I don't know if you realize this, but it's come to me, more than ever there is a need for people to have Christ, the love of Jesus in their hearts that gives us peace, that's not based on political persuasion, it's not based on the junk of this world, it's based on God's grace and His love for you and for me to take away our sins and to give us everlasting life. Many of us here today have experienced what we call God's mathematical plan that is given to us in this parable. And here's the mathematical plan, that as God has heaped so many blessings, as He's given us talents, just like the servants, 
And as we have invested them in His eternal purposes, what does God do? What's His mathematical plan? Addition. He keeps giving us more and more. He keeps blessing us to overflowing proportions. And so we are blessed. What would it take for us to continue to invest in the kingdom and to be challenged even more than where we are today? Well, the Bible talks about first fruits giving, and I just want to talk a little bit about that too. First fruits giving is where you put God first in everything that He's given to you, and especially in your income. And so you determine, you, your wife, your family, you determine what portion of your income are you going to honor God with first. That you don't give your leftovers, you give your first fruits. In Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops, and your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Well, I don't have any barns, and I don't have a vineyard, okay? But God continues to just heap so many blessings upon me, just as He has you. And so we honor God with our first fruits. Or Jesus says in Matthew 6, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. Those are those worldly investments. They don't last. Where thieves break in and steal. But instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's God's desire. That we would honor Him first with our first fruits. And that we would grow in our financial generosity to the Lord and His mission. And when we do that, what happens to our hearts? Our hearts become more and more connected to Jesus. Our hearts more and more reflect His love. Now, for some, this is a huge step. It's a huge thing for you to think about taking a portion of your income that you don't believe you can give away, and you give it away as an eternal investment in God's kingdom. Uh, but again, it's a matter of faith that God will provide for you. He will supply all your needs, and so you trust Him. Maybe you've never done this before, but you will be blessed. As awesome as it would be for everyone to honor God with what the Bible calls a tithe, that's the biblical goal of the tithe, that's 10%, I'm praying that no matter where you are, that you start somewhere that you trust God, that you honor Him with some portion. Determine what it is, and you start there. And friends, I would not be faithful as your pastor if I would not challenge you, as the Bible does in this area, of our finances, of our investments, of our giving back to what God has first given to us. And let me get fairly specific with you here. You know, here we are approaching the end of the year, and for many of us, this has been a very blessed year. Uh, not only with our health, hopefully, but also with, with, our, with our jobs, with our income, with our investments, and so forth. So the Lord has blessed us. It would be a special joy, a special graciousness to consider a, a generous year-in gift to the ministry here at Cornerstone, because your gifts could make a huge difference in helping us so that we, we don't have a deficit spending, so that we're not in the red, but that we're in the black. And in a positive way, more and more people then, it acts as a springboard to connect more and more people to Jesus. That's what happens with our gifts. Here are some practical steps. First of all, pray. As with any investing, especially when it comes to Christ's kingdom, you start with prayer. 
Seek the Lord's guidance and direction as you manage, as you take care of everything that God has first given to you. Then you praise Him. In this season of thanksgiving, give thanks. Thank you, Lord, for all that you give to me. Abundance, overflowing, and most of all, with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, you say thank you. And then you overflow as you invest in what God has given to you. And thanksgiving, determine with God's help a first fruits return to honor God who's number one and then to connect others to His grace. Well, friends, there's one last thing. There's one last point of this, of, of this parable, and that is that we celebrate. You know, in the parable, the master celebrates what the two servants did with the talents that he had given to them. He celebrates with them as they multiplied those talents. And he looks at them and he says, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. Come, come and enjoy my happiness. And you can just imagine that the master is saying this with a smile on his face. Friends, we invest in a lot of things. We celebrate a lot of things. But every time the grace of God in Jesus is with us, it's cause for celebration. And that celebration of God and His gifts to us always overflows in generosity. And that generosity uh, for us as individuals, as families, and for this church, it's contagious. And yes, we too look forward to that time when we will be face to face with our Master, our Maker, our Redeemer. And face to face, He will look at us. And he'll say, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. Come, come and enjoy the master's happiness. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you for your grace that is sufficient for us. You promise to take care of all of our needs and everything that we have is a gift from you. Lord, may we learn to overflow in that grace as we invest what you've first given to us in your kingdom purposes. Lord, and we look forward to that one day when we will be face to face, when you will say to each of us, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.